What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Controversial Conversations. I am Kelly Cavallero. And I'm John Robinson, also known as Mr. Showcase. And um, this one could be a treat for you because we actually have a special guest. Ooh, who is it? Um, I'm kind of partial to this special guest, just like probably my favorite ever, hmm. only because probably because I married her. Could it be? Um, we are joined on this podcast by my lovely wife, the other half of Seminary Media, Miss Kelly Cavallero. Hey guys. Um, and uh, this one's a different topic. This one, again, was given to us. And a huge shout out to everyone who has been giving us different topics to talk about. And uh, this one came in and we're going we're gonna to expand on it. But it is, are events nowadays too cookie cutter? Are they too similar? What are the events doing to stick out? And we're going to talk about all type of events, one room events to multi room events, one day events to multi day events, um, different types of events, all sorts of different aspects of the event on what can make it different, what can make people's experiences different, and everything along the lines on that. Because, in a nutshell, for the most part, I think they are. I think events today are it's it's hard to differentiate between them. There's a few out there that you can definitely that definitely stand out. Definitely, everyone's like, yes, 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 you must do that. But along the lines, at, at least here in the states, mind you, right. we're going based off what what we know the majority of. We have both all three of us in here have been to international events. Um, big ones and small ones, mm-hmm. so we do know that aspect as well. But for the most part, I'm going to go with almost yes. I don't know about you, Mister uh, Mister <laughs> Showcase. Well, what we typically see, so as you, uh, anybody who knows what I do for the past thirty years, I've pretty much been traveling to events, large and small, one day, multi day, you know, Friday evening, Saturday only, Saturday night, Saturday, you know. Um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, some even stretching out to a whole week. Tuesday. Um, right. Yeah. Um, Vegas. Comes talk, to mind yeah, Vegas, Vegas and, and mind. Myrtle Beach, Line Dancer Spring yep. Break, starts on Wednesday. Um, and that that actually one, that we need to talk about that one because that one sets itself apart a little bit, the yeah. Line Dancer Spring Break. So don't let me forget about that. But usually you have, you get there, you have your, your welcome dance party the first night, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have workshops all day and then a social dance party that night. Workshops all day the next day. If it's a multi-day event, there's usually a show on Saturday night. Not always, but usually. It's typical. Yep. Um, and then Sunday, you, you there's usually a couple more workshops, sometimes even half the day full of workshops before people go home. And that's that's typically what we call the cookie-cutter scenario where it's the same thing. You will have primarily um, – a staff of people that people are used to seeing everywhere, kind of a blend of old school instructors, you know, those of us who've been around forever like me, I'm old. (laughs) And then you have the newer ones that are on the scene. um, And you have a blend of that um, where you get, and typically there's a mixture. So you have, and it just depends on the, on the uh, event. You may have a mixture of beginner, like there'll be a beginner room or an improved beginner improver room slash, uh, and then you have the room where everyone's doing like the super complicated A B C D E F G dances, whatever. Um, and then there's probably a third room as well. 
Some of them are larger. Windy City, I think, has six workshops at once every day, I believe. Um, and but the typical yeah. the typical scenario is three. There's usually three ballrooms, something going on. Typically for the beginners in one room, the like harder stuff in another room, and then kind of a mixture blend of the other stuff in the third room. And that's what we tend to see um, when it comes to one day workshops. It all depends who's there. It depends. I mean, staff wise, who they've invited right. and what their what type of material they're trying to share. So what I often see is um, again a slight blend a slight mixture of maybe one beginner dance or two beginner dances but they typically skew towards the improver stuff with might possibly one like harder thing thrown in throughout the day so that's kind of sort of what we see as far as the typical event here in the states at least yeah and there's a couple things that you just mentioned that i think some events do a better job at than others um I'll be the first one to say, and I've noticed this more at the marathon, the Windy City, the Vegas. Do we really need three rooms at night? Ah, for social dancing. Do we really need three dance rooms open at night? And this is because here's the scenario I've seen, and this is coming from someone who the last, especially for the last 10 years, travels a lot. Me and you. And Kelly, until she took a full-time job, the three of us with JP, we spent a lot of time on the road together. We all were together a lot week in and week out. There was sometimes, especially during when COVID came back and Kelly was started to teaching, there was that stretch where John, me, you, and JP saw each other more than we saw our homes or our significant others. Right. And when you get to an event, and I noticed this – being at Vegas this past year, not doing photo and video there, and just going to run the comp and getting to spend more time and noticing stuff and more just observant, really, two rooms are almost identical. Your your harder intermediate advanced room, which is what it's supposed to be, and then your all request room mm-hmm. end up being pretty much the same. Yeah, if with I a can... thrown in with a, with one or two thrown in here and yep. there. If I can jump in really quickly go, on that, go right ahead. I noticed that this weekend. It was hysterically funny to me because in the main ballroom, I don't remember which which dance it was. Whatever it was they were playing, I literally walked from there to the next ballroom. Same exact track was playing at the same time in the next ballroom. Yes. Exact same song. Here's the thing, and I'm trying to pull it up to see if it's good. It's still here. Now, this is what bugs me. And this is probably why you would notice this, and I think, I don't know. The one room is listed as all levels, obviously the main ballroom. The other room is listed as beginner to low intermediate. Mm. And I love it. My wife is raising her hand in her own house. Yes, yes, dear. But what's considered low intermediate? And that's what I was just about. And this brings back the whole, why do we have levels listed anywhere that's not one of the five? You know, I, I'm confused on that. Right. Like, we, t- we we talked about this, about the competition, and this is a little off. And I, we know we all know if you've listened to the episodes, guys, <laughs> John, likes to, John loves to go on his tangents. <laughs> Well, this is not really a rabbit hole, but we talked about the USLDCC, the competition, Florida Line Dance Classic, and you said there were some dances that were definitely not 
intermediate or advanced, but because they had the one or two steps. Right. Because for those who don't know, USLDCC, there's beginner improver as one division, intermediate advanced as another, and then phrased. There's a list of steps that are not allowed in beginner improver. So Correct. say you have a 32 count dance, and if it has a turning sailor, regardless of what the other 30 counts look like, that turning sailor is going to put you in an intermediate division. And like I said to John, he goes, what makes this intermediate? I go, it doesn't. They're going to enter it in intermediate, but when they because post it on Copper Knob, they're going to list it as high improver. Now, I would love to know, and this could be a topic for a different thing, and we might need to get some other people on the show for this because this will be an argument because I've argued with many. What the hell is a high improver? <laughs> why did – what's the what, – what, what is it? This is like high beginner, right? intermediate right. beginner. Right. No, it's beginner. Plain yeah. and simple. And that plays directly into the different and that, ballrooms. And I at think night. that yeah. that why is you walk from one room, right. you'd heard a dance played, and then yeah. you walk in the other room and it's almost like and if I almost will guarantee you I can tell you what it was. It was the country tracks. I'll almost bet you money it was a uh It was shivers. Okay. <laughs> well, no, well, I can understand why. But, and the reason be one, two reasons. One, Brandon's a horse. He was on staff. Mm-hmm. Brandon's a horse. He was on staff. So that was guaranteed. It was going to get played as many times as humanly possible. Even if you didn't like Ed Sheeran. Number two, there is a floor split. And every night in the main ballroom, there was a floor split because Julia Wetzel's dance. And oh. it's a very popular one among event goers because it's intermediate. Correct. But the hard thing was is they sometimes at would, points would play them at the same bit of time that I was there on Thursday. They were played very closely back to back. Yes. I'll agree with that. They don't pay. And I think this comes up to the hard thing is so we don't – Jen's Events does not use um, the, uh, like a, uh, like a DJ feed. The DJ DJ feed. feed. JP has a screen. But it's his own version of the screen for the list of the ballroom. So there's no way for you to go on an app and look at it, blah, blah, blah. Mary Kay pays for her own hotspot and has her own DJ feed set up for her room wherever she goes. So Mary Kay's room uses a DJ feed. But now then here's a question, and I know I just saw this, and um, we just talked about this uh, when we were at lunch today. Mark Casenzo posted the results of the survey. I don't know if you caught, he listed the things that are going to be changing, and I'm not sure if our DJs have been told this, which I know some DJs on staff aren't going to be against this. The DJ feed is being added to Windy City effective next year, Mm. which nothing against the DJ feed. It's not what we're saying. The step process for using it is not the easiest in the world. JP has talked about that. I know Marathon uses it. Um, Rachel's event uses it, but JP is at the marathon, and that's the one big thing he always talks about, that using the DJ feed is not the easiest system in the world. It's a great system, yeah. nothing against it. Huge shout-out yeah, to Marcus yeah, yeah. Linfers for creating it. It's it's very good. It, it just adds extra work for the DJ, honestly. It does. Um, for multiple DJs, if there's multiple DJs. It's not just a single DJ. And if you're, um, if you're wondering why JP doesn't use it at Jen's events is the internet. We don't have it. It's not in the contract. She gets the internet for the live feed, which causes extra, and they charge her a fee per device per day. Right. Um, which again, this is another—it's it's a stupid amount of money that she pays. Right. So that—that's a whole different topic. 
on why because internet plays into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also relates because you have so let's say we have these two like let's say at uh, Jen's event we have the two the two ballrooms. Well, and then people get pissy, and you know this because you've DJed that second ballroom. Yep. Um, People get pissy because they're like, "Well, this is supposed to be the beginner room, and why are you playing blah blah dance?" Or you go in the main ballroom. Let's say they he does play shivers. Well, technically, shivers is a beginner dance. It's not that hard, right? It's a it's very beginner oriented um, but it's also super popular it's going to fill the floor so another one's lonely drum yeah jp does have his staples that he starts a night off with right right um and there are dances that are very popular that are borderline intermediate but not yeah you know darren bailey is great at this uh nothing but you race like that that I think are listed, but guess what? They're going to get played in both rooms. Rob right. Holly has a couple of them. And it Trevor was one has of those. a couple. It was one of those I heard this weekend. That yep. Was literally, honestly, it was playing at the same time in both rooms. It was one so too funny. many, half past tipsy. Another one. Yeah. We know for a fact it's going to get played in both yeah. rooms. So, but I've, 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 and we've both experienced this mm-hmm. where you're at an event and the people in the one ballroom, which is supposed to be the quote unquote beginner ish, improver ish ballroom. But, Here's the they're thing. playing. They're playing requests from from people, and the dances aren't necessarily that level. So, well, because of this right here, the DJ doesn't have to follow it. This is right. plain example. Like I know when I used to do it, it was an all request room. It was listed as an all request room. Right. We tried to keep it lower, but technically we didn't have to. Um, and this is where it comes down to when it's just a two room situation like this. It's listed. There, it's listed. One's listed as all levels. One list is beginner to low intermediate. So technically, the only dances that that's thrown out is if it's listed as an intermediate. How do you? Now yeah. you're leaving it up to the DJ to determine. And right. No offense. Do you want to leave it up to every DJ out there to determine whether or not, in their opinion, if a dance is listed intermediate, if that fits the low intermediate category? Right. right. And just if I can say this without pissing anybody off. <laughs> I honestly feel like most social dancers are what I would call improver level. Honestly. Correct. I'd, I'd most get that. social dancers are improver level. Um, even the ones, even the there's there's quite a majority that come to these workshops, these events that are definitely solid improver level, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fantastic. So I think that's what they're expecting in the in that that second room, whatever the second, you know, not, not the main ballroom. They're expecting to hear the things that they would do at home that they're comfortable with, and if heaven forbid somebody requests something that's a little more challenging and they don't know it they freak out they panic um but and this you know there's so many so many directions we can take this topic but i think one of the things there is you don't own that ballroom you know i'm talking about the customer right you come up you give and this happens in the main ballroom as well people come up and they write down like 14 dances they want to do well it's not your ballroom alone so don't expect the dj to play all 14 of those in a row or even in the next hour they're going to play them when it's appropriate part of what a good dj does is, is reads the crowd and knows when to when to play things to keep the floor full right and there's been many a time you know this very well from your DJing stints and I've DJed myself as well you know that you put a song on and nobody gets out there and you're like well what happened to the people that asked for this are you going to still play it for the whole three minutes or two and a half no you're going to shut it off because no one's going out to the floor um, but then people get pissy because they come in there why aren't you playing my request I'm like well that- there's one DJ and 350 attendees I love JP he's one of our close friends there's no way in one weekend that JP is going to get to every single request every single night. 
Yeah, that's the big thing. Like, I know when I DJed at Fun in the Sun one year, and I DJed at Fun in the Sun multiple years and, and many events. We open the room on Saturday night after we don't open the, the secondary ballroom till after the show. So it was like ten o'clock at night, ten thirty, and we weren't even open for thirty minutes. I was probably on the the eighth song that we played, and here comes Jen into me. I remember the story. Yeah, about to say you were here for this. <laughs> yes, I was there. Um, and Jen came in and said that she had just got a complaint at the desk it's that I wasn't playing a woman's request. And I'm like, Jen, I haven't got to that page yet. She goes, What do you mean? She goes, It's right here. Started. I go, Jen, that was the third. That's the third page. I go, I go, I have these. She goes, What? I go, We've only been open for 20 minutes. She, go, I go, We just opened after the awards. I go, The woman put the request on that page. I go, I already have two pages ahead of her i go i'm jumping around but that's on the third page i go what am i i go and that that's the thing what are you supposed to do in that situation it's it puts in an it it puts a lot of pressure on the djs because you know we have all these 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 requests and we're supposed to get to them you know we're trying to we're trying to move in the workshops from the day you know the popular dances that we know for a fact are going to get full of floor because full of floor. Yep. That, sometimes I feel, and this depending on the event, DJs aren't allowed to do their job. You know, you 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 hire them for a reason. You know, you bring in a you, just like the same reason why you you bring in an instructor. You hire these people for their talents, for what they're good at. Let them do the job you hired them for. And my wife, again, is in my house, our own house, and she's raising her hand. Sorry, have it. It's cool. But, like, for example, you know, some people come with all of these sheets of papers that are typed out. I mean, A plus to you that you have the time to do that. And it's on your phone or whatever. But when you go to another genre of dancing, say a West Coast swing event, you would never walk up to Louis St. George with a request of West Coast Swing dances that you would like to be played at. No, open not a chance. Not a at chance. At Derby City Swing, he plays to the floor of to the groups that are there. Yeah. You know, it's hard, and I've watched JP go. Huh, okay, this has like two hundred dances on it. There's no way. But if you're writing down dances instead of rewriting islands in the stream for the 15th time just put a star next to it that right. might help him a little more yeah i remember and you brought up about myrtle beach earlier the year steve printed out request lists and wanted to set them on tables and not, i was back still dj and then i'm like no put them on my my dj booth and he was like why then they have to come up to you i go yes because then i can watch people write because yeah. they're going to bring me a list right and they're going to bring me the entire list full one of the things, and I'm glad you both said this because this just, you know, this is how my brain works while we're doing this. I jump all over the place. But one of the things that we did at Dancing Up a Storm is we put request lists on each table because typically at our event, the people that are friends sit together at their table. So all the uh -huh. Minnesota people sit at this table and all the people from Iowa sit at this table and all the people from Oklahoma sit right. And so I'm like, write down your request. We bring those up to the DJ, whoever it may be, and then they pick one, one from each list and throughout the night, they add those they go, in. Go list, yes. list, 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 yes, list. Correct. This, li correct. That see that I could see working, Larry. Because I know your DJ there, Larry Harmon, great guy. 
I will say two years ago I got to be there. I did the floor. I got to teach. Weirdest thing ever happened, though, because I think this is the first year you made the floor bigger in the secondary ballroom, mm-hmm. which was more of a – I guess was it supposed to be a beginner-ish yeah, beginner, room? beginner beginner ish room. I will – you're going to laugh at this because – Anybody who knows me, who's listened to any show, knows Maria's show, knows what my favorite line dance of all time is. What? It's Hideaway Cha. <laughs> now, mind you, Hideaway Cha is listed as what? An advanced dance. It is listed. Shout out to Joe Thompson Samansky, the Jamie Marshall, and Joanne Brady. These three women killed it back when they wrote it. Many, many moons ago, it was listed yeah. as advanced. I literally walked into... The beginner improver room, danced hideaway cha, walked out of the off the floor, off the corner, into the hallway, and what was Larry starting to play? <laughs> back to back, bam! Really? I'm like, <laughs> Darren and I looked at each other because Darren, we it was the night of the ice cream party. Uh? Darren and I looked at each other, goes, wait, and we both just kind of looked at each other, like, yeah, that is this is happening as <laughs> as this happens. And now that you said ice cream party, because the. <laughs> The Dip- whole premise of beginning this show was all about different, cookie, cookie cutter, cutter events, and, cutter how, events and how to change yeah. it up in different rooms so and stuff I'm like that. Jump, I'm going to jump on that topic for a little bit because yeah. we've, we've talked about this and I think we've discussed many, many really cool things and it's not even done. We could go on that a, a lot longer. Right, just but talking about one DJs, of the, I'm going to yeah. throw out a whole pile of stuff that Chris and I did when we had our events, what we did with Karen Hedges at um, mm-hmm. Dancing Up a Storm as well. So when Chris and I hosted our events – the goal was to make them different. We didn't want them to be exactly like every other workshop or convention right. that was being held. So one of the things we did on Saturday night, we did not have what everyone is familiar with at most of the big events is your typical show where the instructors, the staff, go out and do whatever, perform, dance, act, whatever the, whatever they're asked to do. We didn't do that. What we did at our events was we had an interactive show where the actual participants, all the paying customers, were involved. So we called it a quote-unquote game show. Um, and it wasn't just the staff. It was actually everybody at the event were involved. Um, and each year we did something different. So it wasn't the same thing every year either. One year we did, oh, some kind of singing thing, and, and that was a blast. And then one year we did, this was my favorite one, and a lot of people said it was their favorite. So it was a two-part show where originally the first part, the uh, paying customers had to guess like which instructor we'd ask questions like who was a math wizard in school or who loves to skydive or whatever. And they had to guess the name of the instructor and then they got points for that. And whichever, however many points you got, you got a puzzle piece. So the second part of that was your puzzle piece. Each puzzle piece had the name of a specific dance step written on it. Right. And then your table had to get up and choreograph a dance using only those specific step patterns. Okay. And your instructor, because there was an instructor assigned to each table, your instructor could assist you with it, but they could not choreograph the dance for you. It had to be an actual group activity. Right. Like everybody at the table. And some people aren't great at choreography, but but they still enjoyed the process. They were still involved in it. That was so fun. So that was one thing we did on our Saturday nights. We decided we don't want a typical show. We're going to do, quote, unquote, a game show. And every year it was different. The next thing that we did, at least the ones we had in Indiana, didn't work when we did the one in Vegas. But the one we did in Indiana on Sunday, instead of having workshops, because my personal feeling is by Sunday, everybody's exhausted. You've learned stuff Friday, Saturday. You've danced Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. Sunday morning, you don't need to learn new stuff. People are focused on going home. 
whatever. You're packing your luggage. You don't really want to learn a bunch of new things that you're not going to get to do anyway because there's no dancing on Sunday, right? So our Sundays were an excursion. And one time we went to a winery. I don't know why, but everybody loved that one. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> everybody loved that idea. And we actually had um, contracted for vans, right, to take us to this winery. And a whole pile of people went. Another year we did a trip to Nashville, uh, Indiana, which is like an artist colony. So we rent. I can't remember if we rented a bus that year or if we took vans again. But we drove down. If it was vans, it would have been two of them because we had quite a group of people go that year. And we went to Nashville, and people could just wander around and do whatever they wanted. And then we brought them back. They all got back on the bus at a certain time, and we took them back to, Ind- to Indianapolis. But it was something unique and different, and that was our goal I had two goals when we did this. Um, goal number one was to offer something fun and different that people go, hey, that's cool. We don't usually go to a winery when we're at a dance event. The second goal was to get people to interact with each other, to, to have them to have them um, uh, spend time with other people than their usual uh, social circle. Now, and this is just me spitfiring here and asking a question as a, you as an event director, as an instructor – do you feel that the reason you don't see that as much anymore is the cost that it is to bring in instructors and event directors saying they want to get the most out of their money because you know what? We're paying you to be here to teach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be part of it. Because um, that's just – yes, that, that's just my – yeah, my take on that because right. there's not many events you you see do that anymore. I, right. I can we point up two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We included it as part of the package so people could. It wasn't something that you just got. You had to sign up for it, right? And there was a little extra cost involved because, of course, we had to pay for the vans to transport people. Um, and I see this a little bit with like what Jen's doing with the trip to like let's say Universal, where she kind of coordinates it along with it this year. Yeah, last but it's, year it was but it's also Disney. after the event, right? Disney, Disney last Disney year was before, before, right? before so it didn't right. interfere with the Thursday through Sunday, right? But it, it still gives you a little bit of a uh, different, cool thing, to incentive to go, right? It's not yeah. typical, oh, we're going to go take classes for 98 hours in a, in, a, in a row. But it's kind of like what Sandy and Diane do when we go to the experience in either New Orleans or Nashville. But, whichever one we go to, we also have the experience of the pre-party, which is usually downtown, which is a great night. But on top of that, there's there's usually everybody comes in early specifically to hang out uh, and was... just get that extra time together because believe it or not instructors are normal people and they like to have a good time like but, yes they're working most of the weekend but they also like to relax and it, just have fun but again that was my point though the event technically doesn't start till Thursday it's right. before the pre-party yeah. isn't it Here's the thing. The pre-party on Wednesday nights that Diane and you do is an additional cost. Mm. So it, they're some, they're paying more for that. It doesn't right. count and it cut into the Thursday through the Sunday. The Sunday night, the Sunday afternoon, just like at Rachel's event now, the, that cocktail party is additional cost. Now, the mm. Sunday night dance is included because they dance till Monday. Yeah, yeah. But if so, you want to go hang out with the instructors, it's additional cost. Right. So like Scott at the marathon, we have the pizza party on Sunday night. And do they pay extra for that? No, no. no. Okay, so that's it's already a, included. It's included cool. in there. So I guess the, right, that, the question that's my is, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a good point, Kelly. So the question is, and you, there's two ways to do it: incorporate it into your pass already, but then the cost has to be able to cover it because we all know none of that stuff is free. Right, and that's or, what we brought up earlier. Like, that's just going to add up. You know, we talked about how to make 
the events more cost right, effective right, right, to right. bring in a younger yeah, yeah, crowd. Yeah. That's right. not really right. if you look at yeah. look at it, it's not going to right. But the people who are who can afford it and the people that are interested because the cool thing honestly i'm going to say this with sue larimer honestly other than my event i think sue larimer's event was like the first one she, uh, i can't they remember did the bu- they do the they do like a little the yeah thing. they do like a little um uh, uh what's the word the tour the little right a little tour of seattle on a what the hell is it party called? bus party bus party yes bus. thank you thank you mm-hmm. it's a party bus so you have your staff Right, the instructors are already there. She makes sure we're all there, so we can do it. And then the few people who who can come are willing up, to pay, right? They're there pay, early. Right? They're they there. paid for it. They can participate. Honestly, that was one of the most fun things I've ever done because it helped helped you to get to see Seattle. Number one, but number two, you got to hang out with some of the the event goers. And we were talking about this earlier today as well, or at some point. I said um, lately. It's been really refreshing to actually get to spend time with the paying customers, with the clients who are coming to the event to dance. Because usually you're like, they take your class, you're like, oh, thanks, that was a great workshop, woohoo. And you may talk in passing, but you don't get to spend time with them, right? Sometimes, like at Jen's events, we have the dinner, so you kinda sort of have time with them, kinda, but it's not quite the same, right? The the little like tour bus thing was super fun because there's no pressure. We're all yeah, just doing it for fun. I feel like, and I've noticed this, and I've had tables like this, and um, unlike my my recent table, I we just did this at Florida Line Days Classic, and um, I had a bomb table. Shout out to the the McCoys. Um, the theme was flannel. This group from South Florida, there's a huge group of them, like 20 of them. Half of them dressed up as the Hatfields, half of them dressed up as the McCoys. It was great. <laughs> I love it. I lucked out and got the McCoy table. Group of women um, from South Florida, competitors from the UCWDC, so they they spoke my love language. I loved it that we got to talk comps. We got to talk. They showed up. I sat down. Thank you. I didn't have to talk about it. <laughs> I sat down. They brought me two 23-ounce two beers. They, they they understood me and, and they were very they were very thankful they we had a nice talk but I've also been at tables where me being not an a-lister it's an interrogation 30 minutes everything about your life story which like well trying to eat, eat but also you have to perform in a show but also and also point. but we got people have been disappointed that they didn't get Rachel or Scott or, oh. or you John so Really? When they get the, they got when when they get what would be considered the B or the C team, people people are like praying. They they sit in there. And they're they're like, come on, come on, come on. And but that they, bugs they me. Seem, it, it, but you know why it bugs me because and we said this. I said this earlier today. I don't remember what we were talking about, but I said we're all humans. We're right. All, we're all interesting in our own way. So yeah, sometimes I sit with tables and. Um, they ask a lot of questions like, how'd you get started? And, mm-hmm. you know, blah, how do you choreograph and blah, blah. And maybe that's interesting to them and maybe it's not. Sometimes I want to go, hey, like, how did you start line dancing? Like, what? how did you get into this? And are these all your friends? Like, are you all sitting together because you know each other? Or right. did you just get stuck together? And, like, where are you from? And then I'll say things like, well, what was your favorite dance that you learned this weekend? That's more fascinating to me to learn about them. I don't know. So, but that kind of bugs me. Um, but it also... It also is one way of offering something a little bit different. Right. They, I, they actually get I, to know the But I, I love that. That is the one thing, and, and I, I've always said this, the one thing, and I've got to luck out since I've been on staff as a DJ and as an instructor, I got to be a part of it because normally I just – we were at the table in the back 
all of us, the staff, the volunteers, and stuff like that. We get put at the we work at the event Man. table yeah. that has to eat first with JP because which, we are the first ones in the ballroom. Yeah. So which is <laughs> fine, which we still get to eat, but getting to talk to, you know, getting mm-hmm. to sit and talk to the staff, it's nice. It's it, it's a different it's a different atmosphere. Not right. every event does that, right? You know. Granted, I'm a lucky guy. I don't need to talk to the instructors nonstop. I have them just show up at my house. It's great. <laughs> and where we get to sit here. And you they know. drink all of my wine. Or I've got like like when, when Gary O'Reilly was here after uh, um, the experience, we went and spent the day at uh, Island Adventure together. I just spent a day and a half with, with, with JP and Cody and Jen and all them and Rob Universal. at Universal. But the so, difference is, is also, you know, I, I've been super lucky to – to take classes and know Rachel for many, many years, like for us to go over to Rachel's on a Saturday, that's normal. So we don't, I, yeah, right. That's like I'm saying. So getting, like you said, to now start to get to spend more time with the attendees. And this is coming from someone who's always nine times out of 10, the first one on property at an event. And usually one of the last, last ones to yeah. leave, if not the last one to leave. The fact that getting five minutes to spend it with an attendee that actually is interested in, you know, right, what we do and where above we came and from beyond, beyond and above yeah. just the yep. five minutes they pass us, yep. it's it's nice. And sometimes it's nice just to have a conversation that's not somebody complaining. <laughs> yes, right. So, my question, John, and this we touched on a a little bit though and this is mainly talking about multi-room events because we talked about it's, it's three rooms really necessary do you feel like there's more of a shift now and this came from one of the other topics about mm-hmm. you know talk about country swing talking about you know bar stuff that it's almost going away from where there wants to be a divide between um beginnerish improver dances and harder stuff to more of now we need to divide between country and non-country yeah and we we sort of veered away from that topic originally and i'm glad you brought that back because one of the things i wanted to say is i do a lot of one day events as well which right one day and it's one room um and specifically i have things like let's say michael divins uh, um, one day workshop uh time to dance i think yeah. he calls it yeah and then i've done Scooter Lee's things, which is usually, I mean, sometimes she, she'll have a dance the night before, like let's say Friday night, but Saturday's pretty much everybody's in the same room all day long. We might break out the, the brand, she calls them newbies, the brand new people, take them in a hallway or take them in a separate room and teach them some really basic stuff so they're comfortable, but pretty much everybody's in the same room all day. And then of course at night, if we have a nighttime dance, everybody's dancing all together. I greatly prefer that. I mean, I come from a background where I taught at a country bar. And, of course, we did everything together on the same floor. We did couples. We did pattern partner. And we did line dance of all levels and all styles and everything all on the same floor. So I really like events where we're together. I feel this is just me. But I feel sometimes when you have, let's say, like the three ballrooms at night, it's almost impossible because the event directors do tell you this. Well, we expect you to be in all the ballrooms. I'm like – I can't because 
you know, you're going to go in the ballroom, for example, let's say you go in this ballroom and they want you to review what you taught there that day. So you're like, you quickly, you don't do a new teach, you just walk through it, but then they're like, oh, well, now that you're here, let's play Hoot Nanny and let's play blah, right. blah dance that you choreographed. And so you're there for 40 minutes in a row and then suddenly you're like, oh, I need to run to the other room. So you go to the other room and then they're not doing anything that you were involved in or you don't even know the dances that are being played. So you stand around, you might talk to some people. Well, then you graduate to the other room. So... That part kind of bugs me because I feel like, and I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, I feel like it just divides up the energy, right? It's it, Honestly, I feel like, and here's the thing too, at like let's say Scooter Lee. So let's say we're in the main ballroom and people don't know that. The great thing about Scooter and her workshops is she teaches floor splits. So for the newbies, she'll teach you the same dances. You learn like six dances, right? And you can do those to anything that we dance all weekend, whatever it is, whatever's played. And then, of course, the people that are more experienced get to learn all the, the higher level stuff. But the great thing is she'll announce, okay, in the back of the room, you guys can do the electric slide or you guys can do, you know, whatever, ah, see, whatever, whatever fits to that music. So everybody's in the same room together and then you're sharing that wonderful experience. The energy's higher. Everyone's enjoying it at the same time. Yeah, see, I, see I don't. You, I see you just waiting but, to say something. Well, because you 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 <laughs> you, you, you kind of hit on the nail that you said the event directors want you to be in three places at once. But here's the issue: your DJ doesn't. Right, right. And I've watched DJs get instructors fired because they weren't in the main ballroom. Mm. You know, when you have an event that has three three dances going on at once, and right. the one DJ refuses to play an instructor's dances, yep. and well, they go to the weekend. other, and they go to the other room. And you know, if that part they, that if that's gonna play, if that DJ is gonna play it, guess what? Stay. No offense, I'd be the yeah, first yeah, one. Yeah. I'd be the first one. To, you know, right? The I thing get, is, so and and riffing off of that, if I'm, it's it's like I try to communicate. So this is me. I try to communicate. So the thing is, most event most event DJs know. If I have a vendor booth, let's say like this weekend, we were just at um, Florida, Florida Line Dance Classic, yep. right? My vendor table is right outside both ballrooms. I can run to one or the other. So it's very convenient. Hmm, I wonder How who makes sure that happens. <laughs> However, I mean, the DJs have to be aware. I'm right outside. So if they need me, I can run in either door whenever, whenever well. necessary. But having said that, and I love JP dearly, but he will not play anything that I've taught or anything of mine unless he physically sees I'm in the room. But I'm yeah. right outside the door. I can run in at any second is my point. However, having said that, maybe I'm in the other room right then reviewing what I taught that day. So maybe I'm not available. So I totally get it that he doesn't want to play anything unless he can physically see that I'm available and in the room. I saw it. Go ahead. Here's my thought. And, and I came into this world from a bar dancer to an attendee to now working here why does it matter what room the instructor's in if they're hanging out with attendees and they're dancing the dances that the attendees want to dance so for example tim johnson and jp could have written a dance a couple years ago that isn't a most popular top 40 dance but say there's this little group from Michigan that has learned it, and they love it, JP, and they want to dance it. J.P. Maj did that with Old Town Road with Jose. It was never going to get played in the main ballroom, but guess what? It, country bars, beginner improvers mm. love right. it. So, it's one, so there you go. It's, 
it's a hard mix when you have such a star-studded staff sometimes that but. everybody wants them in the main ballroom, but does it matter if they're always in the main ballroom or does it matter that they're just enjoying that time with the attendees See, and right. sometimes having a personal conversation goes a lot farther with an attendee than dancing the electric slide 15 times. And, and my question, and this comes from John, you can probably answer this very well. Should a DJ have input on whether the instructor is doing their job? So should it? <laughs> Kelly girl wants to. <laughs> No. <laughs> so, right. so because and, I've known plenty of DJs that will turn around and go to event director and say this. They weren't in my room. Right. Yeah, yeah. And no offense, and this will be – I'll be the first one to say this. We don't work for the DJ. Right. Nothing and, against any DJs. Yeah, yeah. I love my DJs, but right. yes. you're there to play music for the attendees. Yeah. Plain and, and simple. I'm glad you, know, you asked that. And I love my DJs, and I try to do anything they ask before. But they don't write our checks. Right. Here's what I try to do, Kelly. So um, let's say, for example, let's say it's Saturday night. We've done the show. I'm exhausted. I had to coordinate the show. I was in the show. Whatever. It's a lot of work. Maybe we had time for dinner. Maybe we didn't. But I need a little time to run to my room, especially if you've been in a costume, right? You're going to want to change out of it. You're not going to wear that. That flannel's hot. <laughs> exactly. Right. You will think everyone will be happy for those who shower. <laughs> exactly. So I might need to run to my room, quickly take a shower, and change my clothes just so I can come back down and feel refreshed and ready, ready to mingle and have a fun time, right? So what I try to do is... When I come down, I try to either text the DJ, whoever it is, Michael Devon. I've done this with Michael. I've done this with JP. I don't know if I did it with you because I usually come into your room and just talk to you. It depends on the event. Yeah, but no, I, I know. I used to love it. You and you and Scott Shrink. <laughs> I would know where they're at because Scott Shrink learned do not walk back into my all request room without a beer because I know where that man is. So when he tries to turn around and says, I'm asleep. I was in bed. I was up in my room. Then why do you have a brand new drink in your hand from the bar? Right. I know better. <laughs> but I try to message. So he knew. <laughs> yeah, I try to message the DJ so I know I'm available. Yeah. I'm here. So if you want to play what I taught today, great. Or if you have any requests for things of my own, you know, dances I've done, like slow burn. They're going to want to play slow burn when I'm in the room. Usually they want to make sure I'm there because, you know, I'm going to run out to the floor and do yeah, it. Yeah, see, that's there. a big pet peeve of mine because I know DJs that, and this especially uh, the dance done that weekend, you know. There, there are DJs out there that will make their list ahead of time and have their playlist already set and know exactly the order because they don't want to mess up the board because people have paid attention to it. But my big thing is um, if a dancer's taught this past weekend and it gets played without the instructor that taught in the room, mm. that's a big no-no. That's a big no-no I, in, my, in my opinion. And I also feel that every dance, and this just happened to me because my dances didn't get played. I went in there four times on the night that I taught them into that side room. Every dance. I don't care if the DJ likes it or not. I don't care if how old it is. Whatever. Every dance that is taught should be played. Should be played I during 100% open dancing. I agree with that. Yep. Why are we putting them on the schedule? But in the same sense, yes, I agree that they sh the instructor should be in there. But the DJs also need to give the instructors time to, you know, 
go to the bathroom right. and get a drink of water instead of playing 15 of Roy and Fiona's dances back to back and right. they don't get a break. Right. I and, totally agree with that. Well, and then that brings up the question because we're, we're talking about how events are ran and how they're divided up. Do we, one, teach less dances over the weekend? Mm, there's a concept. <laughs> how are people going to retain 118 dances in the matter of three days? Well, and this is the thing. And, and you know what? I've talked to scott and gene marathon the name of the dance the name of the weekend is line dance marathon <laughs> i will give them that that's been like that for eons and eons yeah. of teaching but do we need right do we need right four or five rooms going on at once do yes. we need that much of a for a guy who runs a video company Thank you. <laughs> I thank Mark and Senza every event. Thank you for putting Simon Ward and Fred Whitehouse and Roy and Fiona and Daniel Trapot against each other. Why? Because there's no way people can be in four A-list right. classes so at once. So they need to get the DVD. So then they have to come buy my DVD or my jump drive. It's great. I love it. Thank you for helping pay for bills with Seven Arrow Media. But it, right. So that I can understand. But yeah, also, yeah. again, Windy City, Mark is known for having – 25 plus instructors that staff doesn't get smaller if anything that staff gets bigger and he does a great mix of international u.s you know beginner hard stuff locals far away absolutely love it mark was one one of those one of those events where i will be firsthand to say and I've been there for many, many years now, ever since he brought us in. He does a great job. I feel he does a great job. Do I always feel that some of the rooms, and we've talked about this, I feel that this year um, he has what was called the uh, floor filler room. Mm -hmm. And I feel that this might have been the first year in a long time that the event, the dances that were picked for that were actually floor, floor fillers, fillers, not under the category, oh, let me submit this dance because it should have been a floor filler and yeah. it never hit that so mark. That, and 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 since we're, I'm glad you said that because now that kind of brings us back to where the topic started. But that's one way to set your event apart. Hey, let's bring back some of the really popular dances that people don't even know if they haven't learned. Or... I still said we should have had a classics event. I told mm -hmm. I told event director for this, you know, do one room that's nothing but classics. Yeah. You know, do There's, a whole room that's nothing but technique and yeah. do and different classes, yep. you know. I was, I, I'm glad you said that because I was going to say just this weekend I did two workshops. One was on musicality. It was my biggest class of the whole weekend. And people were genuinely excited and interested to come learn about musicality. And how I sold it was by saying, if you want to learn how to dance like Rachel McEnany, White, you should come to this class, right? I'll teach you how to, to work your move your body the way that she does when she's dancing. Um, but it's really cool. That's something different. We don't see that offered at every event, right? And I honestly feel like that provides more value to a dancer than just, like Kelly Girl said, learning 198 dances in, a, in the course of a weekend. Because you're not going to retain all that. You're not going to remember it. But if you learn good technique, proper um, a turn technique, uh, foot positions, how to how to just how to variate right. if you want to, how to the musicality aspect of it. How do you move your body and interpret the dance that you, the basic steps you already know, but make them yours? You can apply that to everything, every dance that you learn, whether it's beginner, improver, or intermediate or advanced. It applies to all of it. Agreed. I think that type of stuff is more valuable, honestly, but we don't see that everywhere. So that's like an extra extra bonus thing that I think events could offer. 
But with those type of classes, it also teaches dancers, and I've sat in plenty of John's classes in the back of the room, just as a teacher, I like listening to other people teach. It's how to save your body, because sometimes after these weekends, we all go home and go, I can't feel my legs, my feet hurt, my back hurts, and yes, you've been dancing a lot, but it's because you haven't conditioned your body, and taking some of those classes to learn how to do certain things correctly helps well, and debbie pancoast i know does but, some classes like that too but this brings up and me and john we did this at your event isn't a storm um this makes it hard for events because half the attendees don't attend the classes yeah we saw that we, <laughs> that we, was really we, okay, obvious we saw this but i i <laughs> go kelly you're gonna say something Print a schedule with the dances on it. <laughs> Put their names there. Well, because, but no. So we did this at your event, Dancing Up the Storm. We knew going in, we counted the packets. Me and you were two of the people that worked the registration desk. There was 200 people. We counted all three rooms every hour. We never broke 100. I think we hit 100 one time. Yeah. That's yeah. half the attendees. Now, this is coming from someone who watched thing there is 350 plus this event this weekend mm -hmm. i don't and I, I know for a fact there was do i ever think we had 350 across the three classes shops. not right. a chance right not a chance so where the are all those people <laughs> you, you want to be my honest opinion <laughs> sitting in the bar drinking <laughs> well, this is the this is the I'm december curious. event if it was yeah. if this was july the pool if this is july yeah. everybody yeah. would have been by right. the pool yeah so well, and so, so the question is, why do we have a hundred dances or eighty something dances right. on the schedule? Right. If we know that people aren't going to do it, yeah, that's my thing. You right. only have one hundred seventy-five people between the three. Yeah, let's cut so, some of the dances out. I'm really or curious. cut the hours out. Yeah, I, we have a little bit of time left, but I'm oh, really got, curious. I'm good. really curious. So I want to put this out there now before we get to that point. Is to say, if you have an if you have an idea or a suggestion. For like a cool thing that an, a workshop or an event could do that would be like kind of off the wall and a little bit different, let the event directors know. You can tell us, but that's not really going to make any impact. Let your let your event directors know. Hey, why don't you try this? Because I think we get stuck in a rut. This is just human nature. Agreed. Like, this is working. Let's not change it. I'm all I'm all for change. So. I love the events that do something a little different. I know Kelly Girl's not. Well, <laughs> she doesn't like sudden change. Speaking a little but, different, I know you wanted me to make sure to remind you of this. Since we do have a little time, and I know we're both going to have different opinions on this, let's bring Myrtle Beach back up. Ah. Now, don't get me wrong. Up until this past year. Drunken putt-putt. <laughs> yeah, up until this yeah. past year. That's fun. <laughs> I have been at Myrtle Beach for seven years in a row. I so, remember the just first so everybody, time. So everybody who's listening knows we're talking about Line, Line Dancer, Dancer Spring, Spring Break. Break. Ran by Steve Lascarbo. Yep. It's been around for 20-plus years. It's in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, on the beach. It's drunken pepper. It's a great. Best. Now we talk about events that stand apart. This event we get in usually at the beginning of the week. The event starts on Wednesday. It's an yep. all-inclusive with all your food. Your food for Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, Saturday morning, Saturday night, and Sunday morning are all included. It's the only event you will ever see me at breakfast. Yes, <laughs> me too. Um, so. <laughs> Wednesday night dinner, Thursday night all day, Friday night, Friday we do the, the morning, all the classes end by between 12 and 2, 
They did at least. Then you had all afternoon at the beach, came back for dinner. Friday night, we left. Friday afternoon, we'd go. He'd have a putt putt tournament. It got turned into um, the biggest water balloon, water <laughs> gun, it so drunk fight with thing. We still need to play Hungry Hungry Hippos, Amy Bailey. Um, yeah. So there's different things. Friday night, we didn't have a dance at the event. We'd go bar hopping down to Broadway at the beach. Yep. We usually to- start at yep. Fat Tuesdays with with many of fireball shots and margaritas and then go on to either senior frog, some kind of restaurant dance all night Saturday, get back up, do it all again, have the Saturday night show Saturday night, Sunday morning, we get up, have breakfast and leave. Now it's a great experience. (laughs) I hear a butt coming. (laughs) I'm going to say something and I I'm sure someone's going to take it this wrong way. And I'm going to use a term here. For the last couple years, because um, shout out to Will Craig. When I first went to this event, the second year, I, first year it was just really me. Um, I didn't really know anybody. I knew a handful of people there. John remembers this. Um, I came to do the floor. Second year, he brought in Will, and Will and I really worked on. After that, when he kept bringing Will back, bringing in a younger crowd, you know, making it stand out. I feel like he's jumped the shark though, because, and I, I know what you say. know what you know, <laughs> jump the shark. What I mean is where you get to this point where you think it's at its peak, then all of a sudden it goes downhill. The event used to be one room, and by one room I mean we did everything. Yeah. The other thing, there was no schedule. Yeah, he gave everybody a list of dances, that. which right, absolutely. Love it. When I first came there. You had this list of piece of paper on the back of the program with a list of dances that were going to be taught throughout the week. Possibly. Not possibly. Right. Not that day. Not necessarily that even that morning. But from between Wednesday night, which there's one lesson, I think, Wednesday night after dinner, and then between that and Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, those dances, you didn't know when, you didn't know who was teaching what dance. This was great. So you would just show up, whoever would instructor showed up to breakfast, whoever felt like being the first teach, they didn't know. Whoever wasn't hungover from the night before is right. who had the morning teach. Right. Let's be so real. you knew you knew Junior Willis wasn't coming down at eight o'clock in the morning right. and teaching the first lesson. It just you knew honestly, that. Kelly. That was one, that to me was one of the best parts of the whole thing. It was it was sort of unstructured. It was which was fantastic. But so you know what? If no I one, felt like teaching right. the first dance, I would. If Junior felt like he would, if whoever was there, you're like, you go first. I'll go second. There wasn't and it time. It wasn't slots. like you have to be done in an hour. No. You have to be done in forty minutes or whatever. It's however long you took, and then the next person would teach. So, yeah, the, the dance light, or two would get played. Right. Yeah, the light heartedness of it. The, the easy goingness yes. of it was what was refreshing I, about it. I learned one of my favorite dances that year, that first year. On a whim, I watched you teach it, and I got up and did it, and that's Waltz and at Twilight. Still one of my favorite dances of all times. But as somebody who, when I showed up at Myrtle Beach, I was still very new to dance events. Yep. I was like, okay, awesome, yeah, sure, I'll go to Myrtle Beach, uh-huh. Oh, and great. Then, There's a bar in the no, ballroom. Right. Amazing. Um, but it was it was an event that stood out as it was so relaxed. Yeah. And to be honest, like the if the instructor screwed up the teach or it didn't matter. They didn't it like it wasn't this big ordeal as it that's not how it was taught on YouTube. No, like it was- if Junior decided he 
for some reason didn't want to teach that day. Okay, he didn't. awesome. He taught two the next day maybe, but it wasn't yeah. necessarily that you had 45 minutes and there was a five to 10 minute break and then the next class started. It was yeah. John taught the dance. It took 20 minutes to teach. Awesome. Let's have a water break, maybe a snack break, yeah. and let's do another one and then until whenever everybody got hungry for lunch. Yeah. And then we went to the beach. And, and then it became where... He started making a schedule, and yeah. then he made it where he yeah. split the. We moved hotels. He split it into two rooms. Then he added pattern partner. Then he added two different rooms completely, not even the same ballroom split. And now from this past year, which I didn't go for the first time, thing he added a third room. The whole point of the event was supposed to be relaxed spring break, right? <laughs> right, it was supposed just to be, a big party, and I feel yeah. I feel that it, it it's missed that. I feel that it kind of so, got away that, from that. Nothing a, against yeah yeah. Nothing against that structure. Right. But if you if you and train course, your attendees, yeah. If you train your attendees to be this way, to to enjoy this atmosphere, you know, there's a reason they came. Right. There's a reason and they that, all wanted to be there again, to party. Noth- nothing against Steve Lascarbo because nothing, I, no. it's still a fun event. But I feel that was what set it apart. Right. That's why Agreed. I loved doing it because it was just it was lighthearted and fun and there was no structured schedule nope. i mean there was a guideline of course there's a guideline but it wasn't on the hour every hour this is happening blah blah blah. you could like well okay you know like you said whoever was in the mood to teach you'd start first and there was it might be and he would actually pass out like a what would you call it like a uh a tentative schedule if you will so and mm-hmm. we as instructors only got it that's the Paying customers never knew, no, so it'd be like, it okay, great. John's gonna go first, Junior's gonna go second, or if you don't feel like it, whoever wants to go first, and that was great because let's say, you know, Junior was ready, he was done eating breakfast, I wasn't, so I'm like, Junior can go first. Yep. It was it was refreshing to me simply because it was not like any other event I worked anywhere ever. It was lighthearted, really easygoing, and I think I honestly feel like there's such a glut now of events that. If you want your event to stand out, you need to do something like that. Like do something really cool and clever that makes it a little bit different. So that gives you a little bit of an edge and actually makes people excited to go there. Like Diane and Sandy's. I'll never forget it. And some people know, like I have danced, know a lot of the older dances and I haven't been dancing a lot because I've been doing the photo side of things. But at Nashville a couple of years ago, Fred released Limelight. Mm-hmm. And the difference that that the thing happens at Nashville is everybody's in one room. So there's not all these ballrooms and all these dances going on. It's one teach. Everybody's in the one room. Yes. But the thing that stood out to me about Nashville is the instructors have a little bit more time. Like Fred talked about the emotions behind limelight and if you really listen to the words you know think about your staff that is on the road and away from family and husbands and wives and kids all the time like the instructors are able to tell their feelings like simon behind lady in red and things like that that's what makes nashville stand out a little bit but And that's just another type of event that has something like this. But with Line Dancer Spring Break, like it's changed so much even since I've been there that 
it's much more turning into something that's cookie like cutter. Every so like other we're talking event. about, yeah. like we're talking about cookie right. cutter, like yeah, yeah. and that's what you still love about Showdown. Yeah, rest in peace to the Boston London Showdown. <laughs> but the Saturday night there was not a show. The show was a competition, mm-hmm. and yeah. it it evolved throughout the years. Like you saw some of the most amazing. I still remember the very first year, um, where we came up with the idea of live streaming and it happened mm. to be the year, you know, we came up with live streaming on a whim drinking on Friday night, Shane Goodell. You duct taped a cell phone to we a did. tripod. We, we literally duct taped Shane Goodell's <laughs> cell phone. This is before they made cell phone mounts. We duct taped it to a monopod. We found an old gaming website called Ustream that we can embed. We opened a free account. We embedded it right to my, our website so the old Seven Arrow Films website before we were even Seven Arrow Media. It was not a sturdy website. And it was it we <laughs> went live on this thing and it happened to be the year Fred and Georgina were dating. And it was a year he debuted his homeless routine. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty so powerful routine. That was yeah. right, exactly yeah. so So while they're live streaming, I'm texting Georgina who's in Ireland going, Is this working? Can you see it clearly? Can yeah. you hear anything? And that's how, like, that event, and for many, many reasons, that event sticks out and held, holds a special place in my heart. But yeah. that was a room, that was a, the first time right. I ever, I ever now live that, streamed. And yeah. That now was that we've jumped life. onto that topic of live streaming, I'm going to go there next because I think at some events now, we are to the point where people just expect it everywhere. They expect live streaming. They expect um, you know, the, the screens with what's coming next. And if they don't get it, they're like pissed off. And I'm going, well, that's, you understand this requires number one, like Wi-Fi. It's not something they can just do magically for you. And number two, you know, I know times change and things progress, but I sometimes feel like people are just spoiled rotten and they just expect more and more and more. And an event doesn't provide it. They Preach. get pissy. I'm not going there because Preach. oh, they don't. Where's the where's the DJ fee? Where's the thing on the screen? I'm like, you know, I used to have to run back and forth from room to if there's two rooms to figure out what's being played next and go. Maybe I'd go up to DJ. What do you come? What are the three next songs? Do I know? Do I have time to go to the bathroom? Should I stay in here? Are you playing something I know or something I want to dance or can I go in the other room? Now it's to the point it's flipped where people are like, Ugh. like I heard it this weekend. Well, why isn't there anything on the screen? I'm like, oh. Well, why don't you go ask? Number one, you could go up and ask if you really need to know what's being played. Or number two, be happy with the surprise of what's coming next. There were years and years See, they're we not. had no clue what was coming See, next. See, they're not. That's And that's the thing. They don't want that. Why does it matter what JP's playing next at 2.30 in the morning? Because Y'all they, just enjoy dancing. Well, because here's, exactly. here's the thing, and this is what we just talked about because we talked about this in Motor City, is – now people aren't waiting up to see what's next. Mm. They're waiting up to see that when they're going to put when when he's going to play the last song because they want to be in that survivor photo. <laughs> the stupid survivor photo. That's and that right. and that's le- le- legit. We have this issue at yeah. Motor City. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. more people are with masks and they'll go, "Hey, how many more songs are you gonna play for? I know how much longer I gotta stay up because <laughs> right. now they want to dance. They wanted to be in the photo. <laughs> but that's and that's sort of, and it's yeah. stuff like that. It's yeah. like. Like, I'm super glad that we created something. And to be honest, I think we actually took it from West Coast Swing where they did the Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. And, um, and and that is legitimate. You go from the ballroom to breakfast. You don't go to bed. Um, I think the Survivor photos become more of a, I made it to the Survivor photo and you didn't. And instead of 
like actually wanting to dance until 6 a.m. Instead of, yeah, instead of actually dancing until 6 a.m., you're just trying to stay awake long enough to be in the Well, and then (laughs) this is the other thing, too. Like, people get very upset when the instructors aren't still in the ballroom at that time of day. And I know, I know event directors who've gotten. Don't make me go there. I, well, I get, but that's because. So, in this, this would be my Mm. question for you, John, and this is coming from an instructor. I know you're, I know you're a late night guy. I know you function better at two o'clock in the morning than much, you do at yeah. ten o'clock in the Very two o'clock so. in the morning than you do at ten. Yes. And this goes and this is different. You know, every instructor goes, Well, you haven't earned not getting at nine o'clock. But if those people you're putting at nine o'clock are the dan- the instruct the people that are gonna be up at three o'clock dancing with your attendees. Right. Why would you give them the 9 a.m. workshop? Right. What, and it punish them because, oh, well, yeah, they yeah. haven't earned it? It happened Come to on. me this weekend. And I'm not complaining, but I had morning sessions two of the days. One day I had the first class. One day I had the second class. So I had to get up. And they were it was Friday and Saturday. Or it was Saturday and Sunday. Like, so it's the two nights that I would want to stay up late. A, right. Two years ago, Vegas did it to J.P. Mosh. Anybody who knows J.P. Mosh knows he's going to be one of the last in the ballroom. Why would you give him the 9 a.m. workshop? Right. The other aspect of that is, hello, some people are traveling from a different time zone. Yes. So for them to have to stay up that late and then get up that early is really difficult. Um, and this sort of ties back into the podcast we did about what people expect of, of you know staff when they come to an event. But you're right. I'm a late night person. I love to stay up late. I really enjoy it. That's I wake up at about 2 in the morning. That's when I'm like on fire, right? Um but then I have a nine o'clock class. So if I'm just starting to get fired up at two AM and I'm dancing till I think here this week this last weekend we just did was the latest night, I think. Yeah, it was second. almost I got to bed at five because I stayed till in the ballroom till it ended. Yep. Got to my I had to cover my booth afterwards. Not yep. everybody has to worry about that, but I cover my booth. By the time I got to bed it was like five seventeen AM. Well, I had to get up three hours later because my class was at nine. Yep. So I had to, I set my alarm for eight seventeen. I'm like, Well, I'll get three hours of sleep and I can get up. And I didn't get three hours of sleep because of course Part of me is like, I know I have to teach early, so I wake up early going, is it time for me to get up? Right. So there's that aspect of it as well where where you don't think about, what about people who travel in different time zones? So let's say you're coming from California or you're working an event in California and you're from out east. So technically for you, 11 a.m. is what? 12, 1, 2, 2 in the morning. You're, you're going to be tired by that point, right? Yeah. So there's that aspect of it as well. What time zone are they coming from? Did they just fly over from Australia? That, for them, that's like the middle of the afternoon, and they've had no sleep for 27 hours. They're going to be exhausted. So, but, but like even going to the event and working side of it, like as for the live stream, people get so irate that we turn that computer off at like 12.30, 1 a.m., but I'll let you in on a little thing. Like, we've got to let the computer rest. Yes, it is a machine. People got mad at Windy City about this, and you know what? And I tell them, I go, look, the stream started at 8.30 every morning. If I stream till <laughs> 1, everyone's like, well, why aren't we? Why aren't you going to go till 3 or 4? Guys, I'm back up at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. If the stream's going, guess what? That means someone has to be there. But what you guys also don't see because you're, you know, you're not working the event. Okay, the broadcast goes live at eight. That means Kelly's up at six. six. That means the alarm is going off at five thirty. This isn't to try and be un- awake. Unlike what everyone thinks, this isn't just put my phone up and press record when I'm right, doing these paid right. broadcasts from like Windy City, Rachel's event, Palm Springs, stuff like that. Yeah, it's a it's a full setup. I've shown pictures, and this brings up the other aspect about the morning. Let's talk about the behind the scenes. I have a lot of events where I throw dance floor, 
the dance floor moves. So I have to get up the next morning and move the and floor adjust and yeah. adjust the floor. Yep. And I understand that, that that's what I signed up for. But you know what? If you want to go on that aspect, I can I can go on this whole wire instructors leaving at five o'clock on Sunday mornings <laughs> or wire instructors coming in until 10 o'clock Thursday night when they know they have demos right. or as right. attendees, you know what you signed up for. Yeah, you know what you're exactly. getting. Why are you complaining? Yeah. And if I may just be. I can go back on that. Is a it lot. okay to say bitchy on this podcast? If I can be well, bitchy. You just said it. <laughs> but if I can be bitchy for a second, if you're not at the fucking event, the live streaming thing is like a bonus for you, right? So if you really are going to be pissy about it, you should have gone. I'm just saying. That's like a bonus thing. You you would not have had any other option otherwise. You would just would not have even know what happened there, right? Unless somebody sent you on social media, talked about it later, or shared a video. You'd have no clue. So be appreciative of what you have. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm going to get on a little soapbox for a second because we're in an era where people are just feeling feel entitled to everything, right? Yep. It's like, well, why isn't the live streaming like happening all, like you said, till four in the, till it's done? And like, why because is the camera in the back of the room? Yeah. Why is the light so low? Exactly. Why is the lights too dark? Why can we hear conversations <laughs> going on? These are just some of the emails and comments I got. And it's funny you, you say this. You have no control over that stuff. No, there's a lot of stuff I have no control over. And it was funny that you say this. Is So we're at Universal. Sometimes it's near a power plug. That's not. That's usually why. It's because I go near power and where I think the camera's going to be safe. But right. we're at Universal on Monday and Jen's memory pops up to during the first event back from COVID when she ran Florida Classic. And for those that don't know the situation, 10 months after COVID, Florida was pretty open. Marriott pretty much gave her the ultimatum, run the event or pay us a really big check. So she ran the event with low numbers, doing mask and unmasked. Half the ballroom was masked, half the ballroom was masked. That was fun. I would still remember, <laughs> well, I remember you did, you did the dance for... Michael, was it Michelle's mom? Hello, Dolly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and someone did a video of it, and someone posted the video. And the video got sent, and Michelle posted it. And I remember the comments. I remember the comments getting made on it. I remember the comments that got sent to Jen. I remember the comments of, of obviously, Jen as an event director just wanted to kill attendees. And these came up in her memories. This is from Not other... literally, figuratively. No, no. The, this is the ones that came from other oh, event directors. Other people, yes. That came on, yeah, that yeah, got yeah. posted. And I'm not talking about just random people. These were other event directors that were sending her these messages, that were posting these messages on Facebook. And then we didn't go live that weekend. Not once. Me and Jen made the executive decision mm. not to go live once. And I got messages asking... Why aren't you live? And I go, look at the – and these are from some of the same people that were making comments on the post. And I said, look at the comments you made on a video of Hello, Dolly, that got posted. And that's why we're not live. We right. went live for Somebody, two things. Yeah, We went live for the competition, and the, the it never showed anything in the ballroom except for the floor where the competitors were there. Right. And then we went live for the, right. for the 19 minutes we did a show, and then I stopped the stream. Yeah, And it was because of that. But the messages that we got, and it was just bad. It was just one of those situations where that's the reason. Like, I'm going to step on my soapbox for a hot second because John got to. Remember behind all of these emails, the Facebook messages, the posts, like 
we are real people who have real feelings and real families that have to read them. I literally have a folder in our email of just the nasty things people say. Not because I want to remember it because I want to put it away and not have to sit here and read it all the time. But like, we're humans. Yes, things happen. Yes, things make mistakes. Yes, internet is not reliable 24-7. We have great internet. Hence why John makes a couple pit stops at our house a couple times a year. But we're humans. You know, we still have feelings. And just because you want to think you can hide behind an email or a message or a comment and then you have the power to quote-unquote delete it, it's not actually deleted but it's I will say this I get told this all the time as Kelly is very <laughs> on fire over there right She's now She's on fire. <laughs> I will say this and I'd say this all the time because I get asked a question like, like aren't you afraid of what you say in these podcasts? Aren't you afraid of what you say on your radio show? Absolutely not. Nope. I, aren't you afraid cuz I had the radio show online into radio. I did the honky tonk highway on YouTube and thing. And I've gotten asked by many people aren't you afraid that it's going to have repercussions? No. And here's why. You ask anybody. You want to confront me and talk to me? Come talk to me. You can ask John. I'll talk to anybody. I don't care who you are. I will talk to anybody. <laughs> and if you want to come and confront me about something I've said, so be it. You might not like the response I give you. You might not like what I have to say. Me and John disagree all the time. Me and John, there's a reason me and him work so well on this topic. Is, <laughs> and it's not that we don't, we don't argue. Yeah. We don't fight about it. We can talk both sides of everything. Right. We can see – I can see his opinions. He can see mine opinions. I can ask him questions. He can ask me questions. We can see it all because guess what? We have done every job in this industry, mm-hmm. and we've come from every angle. We've come from a competition background. we come from a bar background. We've come from as an instructor, a choreographer, a competitor, an event director, a DJ, an MC behind the scenes. Yeah. Between the two of us, we've done it all. We have no problems. No problems at all. You want to send us an email? You want to talk about it? You want to come on air with us? So be it. We we have no issues. And you know what? I tell people all the time. If you want to fire – if people want to fire me because of my opinion on it, then fire me. (laughs) If you're that afraid of me saying what I have to say but you're okay – with other people making the posts and making the comments and acting a fool at events that they do, and you're still going to bring them back and spend, pay them a lot of money, then I'm going to say pot, meat, kettle. Yeah, we just we <laughs> you know, and I I fully support and second what Kelly just said because, um, in many of our conversations, Kelly's brought up a point. Sometimes I've not considered it from that point of view, and it really is. I'm all about learning. I want to keep my mind open and learn. So if he brings up something, I go, oh, I never thought about that way before. That's a really excellent point, and I mean it. I mean it's an excellent point because I've not considered it. We just it. had that it this weekend with the USLDC it. about the choreography from the from the TV show that got used yep. in a dance. Yep. And yep. It, oh, got, yeah. uh, it got – the technically the judges, I believe, marked it down, but we asked the question – is it against the rules for them that person to do that? And we got told, no, it's not. Then I asked, then how can the judges mark them down for it? Right. But and that's when he goes, John goes, 
I never thought of that. If it's <laughs> technically not allowed, if it's allowed to happen, yeah, yeah. then no, we That's shouldn't be allowed that, to. Yeah, it's something that needs to be addressed in the future, right? Right. So um, we just, we literally just had this happen this weekend because <laughs> we talked yeah. about it because it got asked, it got asked to me in the minute of the comp. It right. happened to be the last dance of the, literally the last dance of the session, everything like that. And I got confronted about it. John and I happened to be after I got asked, literally competition ended. I asked the board. They gave me an answer because I was curious. I happened to be walking into the room with John to videotape, and I had five minutes of him. I go, okay, good. We're behind closed doors. <laughs> and it, it, we literally just had it. Just had this exact same scenario yeah. happen. Yeah. So we've sort of wandered a little bit off topic. But, um, you know, again, going back to what I said earlier, if you have thoughts or suggestions on, like, cool ways events, workshops, whatever, could differentiate themselves from other workshops or events – the best thing, honestly, to do is to talk to the event directors. So I've had people say to me, for example, when I do my, like when I did my musicality class or when I do technique workshops or variations, how to do cool variations, whatever, I always tell them, it's not enough to say that you loved the workshop. To me, what you need to do is go to the event director and say, hey, this would be great if we had more classes like this in the future. And I'm hearing more and more of that. But above and beyond that, what, I'd be curious to know, like, what cool things stand out to you as a paying customer when you come to these type of things that makes you want to attend like for i'll just throw out some examples we've already talked about myrtle beach line dance spring break but let's talk about for a quick second um the fort wayne dance for all one of the cool things about that is it's called the dance for all for a reason there are they many everything there's yep. many different options for whatever kind of dance you like if it's west coast swing they do classes on clogging Pattern there's like partners yeah and that, i think that's yeah. one of the cool things about it is that and I just talked to somebody about this weekend. She goes, oh, I understand that it's like there's a bunch of couple stuff there. Is there enough line dancing that I'll have fun? I said, absolutely. I said, yeah. de- most definitely. If I remember I did – I do. we do the videos. I think the, the person who got the entire package of every workshop and every dance taught, I think it was 157 mm-hmm. last year between yeah. couples – pattern partner and line right. dance. So it's that, a lot. Yeah. So that to me is one thing that makes that event stand out a little bit from other events. You have more options there yeah. than a typical quote unquote line dance event. But with also with Fort Wayne, it, like the great thing is, is not everybody has the ability to try some of these different genres of dance, or they might not know that Jason and Sophie are only a 45 minute drive from them and that they could go learn from them. It, it allows you to try a style of dance and not have to have that awkward feeling of walking into a dance class and not knowing anybody. But because I, you can go with your friends and be like, hey, let's try two-step. But I have a feeling, and this is just me being the devil's advocate here, I think the reason more events don't do this is because then they're afraid that they're going to pick up something that's not line dance and then it gives them a reason not to come yeah, back to yeah, their yeah, event yeah, because yeah. but you know what and that's and that's fine. and that's totally fine because i get that you get that yeah, because this yeah. is someone from does multiple right but right but you know and I'm, I'm i'm totally serious when i mean i think that's why that event does succeed because it does offer the options to the people that want it um if you want your event to be all line dance oriented great if let's say you want all your your whole event to be beginner oriented that's fantastic too so then that's the material you provide. That's the music you play at night. Those are the dances you do. And that's the crowd you cater to. Um, but I think it's super important, honestly. Again, I said this I said this in one of the podcasts we just recorded. I come from – I worked in advertising and marketing for like 10 years. So to me, it's all about 
how do you market it? How do you present it? How do you, because this is true of any business, anywhere, of any kind, whatever it might be, a retail store, an auto dealership, right? You need to provide that cool little extra bit that makes people want to come to you, right? Mm. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. So like Wendy's for a long time had, where's the beef? That was their thing. And it was like, oh, my God. Like that yep. was their cool slogan. Everybody was saying it, right? Um, Burger what, King, have it your way. Right, the whole Whopper. Right. Yep. Nike. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it, every – they create – we do chicken right. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Back or in like, the- like Chick-fil-A with the whole like, oh, the cows. cows. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the billboards and stuff, right? That's what makes them stand out. And I think we need to see a little bit more of that because there's there's just so many yep. line dance things now, specifically line dance oriented, where how do you pick? Like, how do you go, why would we go to that? Because is it going to be just like the one that's next week in right. the next city over? Now, now I will say this. At the time we're recording this, uh, it's in middle of – it's eight days into the December. We just got done with – and it's – <laughs> it's 10, 19 at night, eight days in December. We just got done with Fuller Classic. I, if I'm not mistaken, I know me and Kelly are done with events for the year. You are done with events till February. So we are done with events for 2022 um, as of this point. Looking into 2023, I can tell you right now the three events that I am most looking forward to, and it's because all three of them have something that stand out. Oh, cool. And this is nothing against – other events, I have my top five. I've done this on my show of events all time. But right now, there's three events that stand out to me. Number one, and we just finalized this this past weekend. The staff last year, myself, Kelly, Trevor, and his wife, Bree, started the Central Florida Dance Craze. Nice little workshop weekend here at the Barn in Sanford. We brought – me and Trevor wanted to put something together that was us. Um, we have a very distinct style, very distinct energy, and – we wanted to do something that was us. We brought Guyton in last year. This year, we just finalized. We have Dustin Betts and Rob Holly coming, and both of us have worked with both these gentlemen. And that's an interesting combo. I can tell you right now, and I, 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 I know you would be there if it wasn't the same weekend as Aaron Miller's birthday bash up in <laughs> up in Detroit. Hence, why I'm not going to do the floor for that because I would have been up there with that. Very interest. You're right, interest yeah, combo. But cool we combo. bring a little bit of everything, yeah. but our energy. You're, you've got four guys who work very well together, work very well off together. and They need more than two hours of sleep this year. Last year, we had a concert, the Jared Neiman concert the night before. Ooh. Right. We had Jared Neiman on Friday night. We were there till meet me, Kelly, Trevor, and Bree were there till 3 o'clock. Cleaning. Came, cleaning, making sure it was ready. <laughs> Came back the next morning. We're there all day. We party. I end up DJing Saturday night. Let me tell you, me and Trevor finally left at 2.30 Sunday morning, and boy, let me tell you, it was. Uh, we went to, we went to town. We partied. So where we live is about ten minutes from the barn, and Kelly looked at me at like one thirty in the morning and was like, you, "Are you drunk or are you tired, H- honey?" And at I had, this point, I hate to break this to you. You left at twelve fifteen. <laughs> you left at twelve fifteen. One thirty. You were not nowhere to glo- uh, nowhere even like, close to being at the bar. Like I'm pretty sure I didn't even text him saying I was home. Yeah. A great thing on iPhones is you can check somebody's location. Yeah. Find my friends. My wife is at home. Sounds great. It was great because they have a, usually a rule there that the employees can drink, and uh. we were doing shot specials. Trevor and I were both DJing technically, so but the the manager Eric had it let us drink. 
but we had that floor packed. It was just a party atmosphere. It was a lot like the the final night when you were there for the Barnanza when it was Art Larry's mm. last night. Which uh, you know yeah, that yeah, that was crazy. The second that was event, the chain. yeah, and it's in my favorite city. It's in my favorite city of all time, and I'm talking about Nashville, Tennessee. And it's supposed to be right now. It's billed as the last experience. Oh, wow. And Simon, don't get us kicked out of Tootsie's this time. (laughs) It's Diane and Sandy's experience in Nashville, Tennessee. The staff this year is going to be great. J.P. Maj is coming over um, to go along with Rachel and the, the usual suspects and Joey and Anybody who knows me knows Nashville has a special place in my heart. I love the city. Kelly and I did our engagement photos there. Um, I always say it's hard to go a year um, when you're a dancer, especially a country that, that dances to country music and not be in Nashville. Nashville. It's just the mecca, and that's been my opinion from day one. Um, I used to go to Music City Dance Challenge back when it was owned by Kevin Johnson on the UCWDC circuit. Mm-hmm. It's now... Um, Nashville Dance Classic. I haven't been since uh, Chris and Emily Bailey and Bill Robinson bought it. Um, but I used to go when Worlds was there at the Gaylord every mm-hmm. year. That's yeah. where I, um, my first world championship back in 2005 when I won Division Four um, was won in Nashville, Tennessee. So I love that event. Diane and Sandy, um, if you've never been to experience, Diane and Sandy are amazing event directors. And um, nothing, like I said, nothing against, you know, Windy yeah, City yeah. fits. So what, Kelly, There's I'm th- curious, because mm-hmm. I've never been to the experience. Yep. What is it about that particular event that stands out that makes it There's a couple things. The one, I love the, well, one, the... the Sandy uh, singing the wobble. Well, okay. But, so they build it, the reason they call it Spirit, it's pretty much based around what a, 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 a UK or European dance event is. Everything's in one room. One day, mm, I okay. like that. They usually keep. I really they like usually that. only have six six instructors on staff. There's been a couple of years where there's more. So every teacher only teaches one time a day. You know, there's three dances in the morning, three dances at night, but lunch break in between. And you will see the other choreographers actually taking, taking the lessons. What a concept! Because right. they want to. Number um, one, support their friends. But number two, they really are interested in learning these dances. They have a pre-party on Wednesday night that they always take away from the, the hotel. Um, when it was in New Orleans, they used to do it at BB King's. Oh. Whole second floor BB King's. When we were in Nashville last time, it was at Nashville Dance Pal- Nashville Palace, which um, yep. Michelle Jackson White, amazing instructor, a local instructor there. They rented out the back room. This past year in New Orleans, it was somewhere else. I forget the name of it. Um, but they, they always have that little extra – when they were last in Nashville, what I love that they did was every night two of the instructors were the hosts, so they opened oh, the room. Cool. So not all six instructors had to be down there when we opened. So like one night it was Debbie and Joey, one night it was Rachel and Madison, or Rachel and Simon, whoever. Cool. They used and so it gave it it broke it up a lot, and I love that. Sandy Diane always, and I think this works great because you know what. And like I said before, nothing against Mark, Jen, Doug, and Jackie, um, Rosie. Nothing against any other event director, Jamie. Thing. Diane and Sandy were attendees mm-hmm. that became event directors. Mm-hmm. This was Mark. What works well with Wendy City. Mark was they. Right. They took. Right. They took what they liked best from events that they went to, and they made it their own. Right. Yep. They like they base it. Um, yeah. Real quick, I know because we're already an hour and a half in. It's gonna be great, <laughs> but. This still isn't our longest podcast ever. <laughs> the third event I'm looking forward to, and this one is a little bit more. I'm a little bit biased on this, and it's 
for 2023 and that's because um i got to help pick the theme this year uh-huh. and um if anybody knows me i've had this theme in the back of my back pocket and i gave it to someone else that chose not to use it and i'm talking about motor city dance classic ran by Derek and tiffany Steele and jason Aaron miller um this year their theme they went with is the wizarding world of motor city harry potter um i am i am so i've never i don't think i've ever been so excited (laughs) now mind you this is y'all the show's already written i I do i have my head but john and this is coming as you we talked earlier on the podcast you brought up my pop situation with the riddler (laughs) you know they did a superhero theme there and Mm. jason dressed up as the riddler and I dressed up, got to dress up as Oliver Queen of the Arrow. Kelly dressed up as Flo Smoke. I'm a huge superhero fan, and I'm more looking forward to this one. I've, I've never, <laughs> I've says. never been this excited for a show, for an entire event, ever. Like I'm already planning what I'm going to wear. Because if you think I'm going to wear nothing, anything that's not Harry Potter themed, right, right. any of the night, like a different for my for my house, for the stuff to do for the ballroom, it, that's what makes that one worth it for me. Mm. That's what makes that different. Granted, getting to see my friends, some of my closest friends, you know, you, Derek, JP, getting to see Rachel and Lisa from up 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 north, getting to see Brian and, and Dorothy and um, Tina and Irv, um, Debbie Pankos when Scott comes. I love that. I do. I get it. I get to see my friends. That's what bonus. But this combined, <laughs> oh, the thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's what I'm. That, so already into 2023, and my 2022 has been banging. My 2023, 2022 has been an absolute bucket list of the year with events that I've got to do. This is coming off the year that I got to dance at both the CBAs and the World Dance Masters in the shows, and coming from a guy who's not an A-lister. That was pretty big. <laughs> I was stoked. So coming off that year, be looking forward to these events, um, along with other things that are going on in 2023. It's going to be a great year, I think. And I think as we talked about how to separate events, the cookie cutter, we're going to see one of two things happen. And I think this is, and I've said this for a while, and this is the one thing I said about COVID, and people can yell at me. I actually think COVID was a great thing for the dance community. And the reason being is I thought we were getting overran with dance events. Mm -hmm. I really do. And not just in line dance. This is not just in line dance. I'm talking about across the board, country, ballrooms, swing especially. We were getting overran with events. And I think this kind of weeded out, got rid of the ones that we didn't need. But now, as we notice – there's people coming out of the woodworks wanting to start events and it's either going to work or not. And it's either going to, it's either going to, it's either going to catch on like the country swing phrase. And this, this is going to be a whole nother podcast that we got asked to do how country swing affects is affecting the line dance world. And we're going to do a podcast on that. Don't worry between the country swing craze and the bar craze that especially country music coming back. I think we're going to see 2023 be, a year kind of where a, little bit, a yeah. turn exactly yeah. so and and i know this is going typically <coughs> longer than we do but that's okay yeah. um so playing off what you said 
there are events that I really enjoy working and they are the ones that offer me something unique because I'm an instructor. I'm a traveling instructor. I've been doing this for almost 30 years. So for me, an event has to really give me some like really cool reason that I really love it. And originally, originally, and again, no slam, no offense to, to anybody running these events, but originally, Linders Spring Break was really cool because it was totally different than anything. Right. Totally different. I'm like, I love the non-structured aspect of it. It was more lighthearted and more fun. I just really enjoyed it because I didn't feel pressured, right? There wasn't that pressure of like, oh, 9 o'clock, you better be there. It starts at 9 o'clock, right? Um, so the events that I really appreciate the most, I have to say I did um, – honestly, I, I – just in general, I tend to like the one-day workshops, whatever, whoever it is, wherever it is. Because one-day workshops, kind of, it's kind of like you said about the one-room thing. Everybody's in one room. Yep. The energy's better because we're all together. We're not split up between six ballrooms or three ballrooms or whatever. Everyone's together. Whether you like it or not, you can choose to learn the dance or not or just set it out. But you're all together. So I love that energy of everyone being together. That's, those are some of my favorites. I really like... Um, to be perfectly blunt, I like the Scooter Lee workshops because that's the exact nature of it. It's one day, typically. Right. You might have a dance the night before, but typically it's one day. You do the workshops during the day. You're done. Right? And it's nice because on Saturday night, we're done. We don't usually have a dance Saturday night. Myrtle Beach is, not, is an exception. At the Myrtle Beach one, she has so many people. We do have a dance Saturday night. But a lot of the other ones, there's no dance Saturday night. So I'm finished. I t We teach. Do you get to have a break? You can go, you know, I can go out with Joe Thompson. Usually it's Joe Thompson Zemanski. It's usually the other the other instructor I'm working with. Sometimes it's others. We actually can go like hang out together and have some downtime and really enjoy each other's company. So I love that. One of the other events I really enjoy, since you got to talk about yours, I want to talk about mine. One of the other events I really enjoy is Pike's Peak Line Dancer Bust. Because we start off, the event kicks off with a welcome party at the local club where they dance, at the local country place where they dance. And they have three of us, usually three of us, teach like a super easy beginner dance that we can all do. And there are people there who are not registered for the weekend. They're just the normal dance. Of course, the majority are the people that are there for the weekend. But you also have the people that just come to the bar on that night. Right. So I love that, Kelly. You know how I am. I mm -hmm. come from bar background. I love teaching at clubs. I love teaching at bars. That's my element. I'm like, woo, yeah, welcome. We're having a good time. Remember to support your bartenders. Remember to blah, blah. That's my thing. But that's the kickoff. And then... The actual event itself, it's just a little more low-key. Yeah. There's two rooms, right? There's not three or five ballrooms. There's two rooms, the beginner room and the main room. And the main room can be improver through intermediate, right? Beginner room is beginner room pretty much. And the people that go to both of those rooms are just really – invested in being there right it's fun to teach them because you know they're they're having a great time it's for a lot of those people it's the only thing they go to all year so that's refreshing and one of the and other i find that hysterically funny you say that that that's the only thing they go to all year when they have another big event in their hometown <laughs> that the kickoff yes. dance is located at the same country bar it's a different country bar I thought it was the same no, one. Different one. Is, is yeah, it different, different bar. Yep. Okay, but bar. it's in the whiskey, same. Whiskey Baron for one, and then the other one is, uh, what's the other one called? The the one for Pike's Peak is, I can't think of the name of it right now. I can see the outside of the building, but I can't think of what it's called. But yeah, two different bars. But it's in the same town. Right. That's, that uh, that throws me, though. Yeah. Like, I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. usually the hotels are across the street from each other. But yeah. they have two and totally different. Different, yeah. But and and having said that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to that because the other event, the second event, is more of the, it was marketed and and targeted more towards the high level convention dancer which to me is not as fun simply because 
you have people – I don't know what it is, Kelly, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like sometimes you get the convention-level dancers, and they're very – well, you know. Yeah. This isn't quite what we were expecting. Or, you know, they the, the lower – I'm not saying lower level, but let's, the, let's say the beginner-level, improver-level country dancers are more excited to learn stuff. At least it feels that way. So the Pikes Peak event for me, there's a different energy level. That's the thing I like, the energy level. And then one of my other favorite events, honestly, is Fort Wayne because there's just so much going on there. I get to interact with so many different people from so many different places I don't see anywhere right. else. People come from all over to come to that. And it's really cool and refreshing to go there and have a big class for a step sheet writing class and a big class for a country dance that I'm teaching, right? Because a lot of the events that I work mainstream, what I would call mainstream, I don't necessarily have a big turnout for the country lessons because everybody's there to learn the latest A, B, C, D, E, F, G dance that's done to the latest pop song, right? So that's refreshing to me. The energy, again, it's a different type of vibe. Um, and that's what appeals to me about those events. So each one has its own cool vibe that then is rewarding to me in a different way. Right. So it's kind of neat. It's kind of neat we have those options. But I feel, like you said, there's a lot of people wanting to introduce new events. There's events that have been around forever. Find a way to make it stand out. Whatever small, it may be just be a tiny thing. Oh, what if you had like a breakfast thing? Nobody offers a breakfast thing. What if you had like a breakfast instead of a dinner, right? Instead of a Saturday night dinner, what if you did a breakfast? John, that's early. Early hours of the morning. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to get up for breakfast when they're up until 4 a.m. dancing. So do it on Friday morning right away, first thing. <laughs> but so. you know what I mean? I'm just throwing like weird ideas. Like, like do something completely off the wall that might be different, right? Right. So whatever that might be. Well, um, now that we've talked for 90-something <laughs> minutes, I hope all y'all enjoyed this talk on cookie-cutter dance events and different things that can make the dance event different like DJs, different ballroom styles, stuff like that. Um, again, guys, just like every other thing, if you have any questions, concerns, points, topics, things you want to point out, message one of us. You know how to Absolutely. get a hold of both of us. We both have social media. You know how to get a hold of us. <laughs> Plenty of people do. Um, and until next time, I'm Kelly Cavallaro. And I'm John Robinson, also known as Mr. Showcase. This has been Controversial Conversations. See ya.